This is Rinkwide Vancouver. Jeff Patterson with you. The Canucks making a deal ahead of training camp that gets underway later this week in Victoria. Young Stars is over. As we said, main camp about to begin. This is what it's all about. Anybody that loves hockey, guys like me that are fortunate enough to cover it, the season's underway. There's so much to talk about, and we're going to get into a bunch of things on this episode of Rinkwide Vancouver, which is a presentation, as always, of Bodog, Canada's choice for casino games, poker tips, and sports odds. Tanner Pearson had been skating hard. Troy Stetcher's camp out in Richmond in late August. Those pre-camp skates out at UBC and all indications were that Tanner Pearson was coming to Canucks camp to prove that he could resume his National Hockey League career after going to hell and back uh, with the hand injury and the infections and everything else that honestly put his career in jeopardy at times late last season. Well, Tanner Pearson is going to have to prove that he can resume his NHL career in Montreal. On Tuesday afternoon, the Canucks making a deal with the Habs. It helps the Canucks get cap compliant. It adds a little bit of goaltending depth as well. That crease getting pretty cluttered now. But Tanner Pearson's the principal at all of this. 31 years of age, played 14 games last year, just one goal and five points. He also had eight penalties in those 14 games. And a lot of them were stick fouls, holding and hooking and tripping and things that make you wonder about his ability to keep up with the speed of today's National Hockey League. And so I've been saying for a while now that the hand, you know, I've watched him out at UBC in these skates. He was shooting the puck. The hand looked all right. I, I still have questions about his feet in the National Hockey League. He's never been a fast skater, and this league is getting quicker. But he's, a, by all accounts, a, an, a, just an incredible teammate. Guys loved him. Uh, coaches respected the fact that he was, like, you know, low-maintenance, uh, just a pro's pro, a guy with championship pedigree from his time with the Los Angeles Kings. But Tanner Pearson goes to Montreal along with a third-round pick, and the Cox having to part with yet another draft pick. Uh, but they had to, to... I mean, that was the cost of doing business to make up the salary difference. Casey DeSmith, a 32-year-old from New Hampshire, uh, a guy that was a free agent signing of the Pittsburgh Penguins back in the day. So management here, familiar with Casey DeSmith, who had been sent to Montreal in August and never plays for the Habs, gets uh, peddled now to Vancouver, and uh, joins this long list of guys that they've got uh, under contract in the crease. Uh, Thatcher Demko, Arthur Silov, Spencer Martin. They brought in Zach Sachenko. Uh, Nikita Tolopilo had looked pretty good at Young Stars. And uh, it, is make, it makes you wonder if there's going to be another shoot to drop on the goaltending front here. Uh, you know, I mean, depth is depth, but there's uh, only one net to defend for a team on a given night. So uh, that's a, a story to monitor moving forward here. But for Tanner Pearson, uh, you know, look, he's going to be remembered for the drama of the hand injury by all accounts. And the injury happened in Montreal, of all places, last November. Uh, you know, pretty standard broken hand. But then nothing was standard about uh, the surgical procedure, the infections, uh, multiple procedures after that. And when Tanner Pearson met with the media at Locker Cleanout Day last April, like he was dejected. And you can understand why. I mean, the frustration was evident, and I think there was some real concern on his part that, you know, his future in the National Hockey League wasn't guaranteed. And so I'm glad to see that he has made headway through the offseason and ultimately uh, to arrive on the eve of training camp. And, and now he's going to have to pick up and move on. And that can't be easy, but the Canucks had to do something. I mean, they've been above the salary cap all summer. They have no choice. They've got to be cap compliant by uh, opening night, October 11th. And this move, uh, it helps them. It clears out a fair bit of space. And keep in mind, too, that Pearson had a $3.25 million cap hit. 
but was owed $4.25 million. It was a back-end loaded contract that was signed in COVID when the Canucks didn't want to spend a lot of money. So Montreal taking on the contract, no money retained, and more cash than left on uh, the cap hit. So, you know, it, it's a significant undertaking for Montreal, and as a result, um, the Canucks had to part with a third-round draft pick as well. It's a 2025 third-rounder, um, and Casey DeSmith comes in as a backup goaltender that, you know, at 32, didn't have great numbers in Pittsburgh last year. A disappointing year for the Penguins, obviously fell short, missed the playoffs on that final week of the regular season, and uh, he was jettisoned along with Jeff Petrie and others to Montreal in early August. So, uh, farewell to Tanner Pearson. I always felt that he was a, a good dude to deal with and nobody deserved to go through what he went through last year. And of course, Quinn Hughes, uh, maybe the emergence of Quinn Hughes. That was the start of him, uh, you know, coming onto the radar of being the next captain of the Canucks. And obviously that's happened now, but when he stuck up for his teammate and sort of spoke out against the organization, uh, you know, that caught a lot of people's attention, not just in Vancouver, but I think around the hockey world that you don't see, uh, people standing up to the man the way that Quinn Hughes did. I think they were in Tampa uh, when he was asked about it by Patrick Johnson after that game. So lots of moving parts around Tanner Pearson then and now. And Tanner Pearson, uh, look, the Canucks had this glut of wingers. Like something had to happen. And so I'm not surprised that they made a move ahead of training camp. Uh, I just hope for Tanner Pearson that uh, he gets the clean bill of health and can prove himself and can carry on in Montreal. Um, as for the Vancouver Canucks, you know, one less winger now on the roster. And so guys like Niels Hoaglander and Vasily Podkolzin, you know, one less hurdle to clear, I suppose, as they try to crack the Canucks opening night roster. And that's what training camp and the preseason is going to be all about. Connor Garland, another guy that, uh, not that Garland's spot on this team was in jeopardy, but, uh, you know, one less winger now to contend with. And I, I got to say, we got some great feedback to the conversation we had with Connor Garland on the last episode of the pod. So thanks to everybody that took a moment to, to reach out. If you haven't had a chance to listen to it, uh, it still stands. It's a podcast. It's there for you. It's just waiting to be listened to on your schedule. So go back and check it out. We talked about his wedding this offseason and playing for Team USA at the Worlds last spring and that whole experience half a world away. And then we got into him playing for Rick Tockett, what he expects from a Tockett training camp, and his frustration on a personal level and a team level for the last couple of seasons. A pretty honest, open, candid discussion with Connor Garland. Going to check that out on this episode. You're going to hear a discussion I had with veteran Matt Irwin, who signed with the Canucks on July the 1st. Wasn't an earth-shattering signing by any meanings, but cool story with a Vancouver Island guy coming home to try to make the team that he grew up watching and, of course, training camp over on the island. So we'll get to Matt Irwin here momentarily. Going to run down a few thoughts from Penticton and last weekend's Young Stars. Uh, but first, there was news before the Pearson trade uh, from the Canucks broadcast booth that the rumors that have been out there forever have now been confirmed. Ray Ferraro is going to do a handful of Canucks regional broadcasts this season. The exact number hasn't been revealed just yet, but man, that's a great get for Sportsnet and a big win for Vancouver hockey fans. Any chance that uh, Ray is at the microphone breaking down games. And Dave Tomlinson back in the Canucks broadcast booth as well. He's going to do the bulk of the regional games. I've worked with Dave for years back in our radio days. Uh, we went to the same high school. In fact, Dave's a year older than I am. Uh, so we go way, way back. Uh, he's been down in Seattle the last couple of years, uh, working on the radio side of things with the Kraken. And I guess he felt that they were up and running. They made the playoffs. Uh, they're in good hands. And Dave coming back home and has worked with John Shorthouse before. So there's going to be some automatic chemistry in the 
booth there, uh, they will not be starting from scratch. 58 regional games. The rest of the games will be national, so you'll get the Hockey Night in Canada crews for those ones, but the bulk of Vancouver Canucks hockey on television is on Sportsnet Pacific, so uh, be a steady diet of Dave Tomlinson and a sprinkle of Ray Ferraro. Of course, Dan Murphy, the other member of that crew, the glue guy, uh, the host, and the intermission panels, and Murph is back uh, to do his thing once again. The season gets going October 11th, the first regional broadcast is October 17th, I believe, in Philadelphia. All right, a few thoughts on Young Stars in Penticton. I was up in the Okanagan for three days. I caught the Canucks' first two games, the ones against Calgary and Winnipeg. Uh, I had to uh, boot on out of Penticton on Sunday night after the Winnipeg game, so I wasn't there on Monday for the game against Edmonton. I see and hear a lot of people refer to this as a tournament, but it isn't. There's no trophy handed out at the end. It is far more of a showcase for both fans and for uh, the organizations to see these prospects, to to see the players, young players, and how they stack up against uh, what the other organizations have. But, you know, it's really about individual evaluation and assessment, certainly more than winning at all costs, which is why the Canucks weren't too concerned that they let a 2 nothing third period lead get away on Sunday, ultimately fell 3-2 in a shootout to Winnipeg. Canucks never should have lost that game, but you know what? Give the Jets credit for sticking with it. Canucks ran into some penalty trouble, and well, nobody ever wants to see their team take penalties. From an evaluation standpoint, it gave Jeremy Colleton and the coaching staff and management a chance to see some of these guys in penalty-killing roles. And you know, at the end of the day, again, it comes back to evaluation. It was good to see the Canucks finish up with a win on Monday. Again, I wasn't in the building for that one, but caught parts of it on the live stream and certainly have seen the goals that were posted to social. My observations, though, are based on the two games I did see for myself, with my own two eyes. Lots has been made of Aiden McDonough's weekend. Three games, three goals. Also scored in the shootout on Sunday. I mean, you can't ask for a whole lot more than that. Yeah, he's older than most of the players in an event like this one. And that does matter. But it also matters that there were expectations on him, and he lived up to those expectations. This guy can shoot the puck. Anybody that followed him in his years at Northeastern, they already knew that, but... He was a menace in Penticton when he had the puck on his stick and time and space to shoot it. Great springboard to main camp for McDonough, who he's got to be feeling good and, and confident. I mean, he got those games in late last season, so he knows his teammates. He knows the coaching staff. They know him. It's going to be interesting to see the kinds of opportunities he gets at main camp and through the preseason. I tweeted out the fact that I hope he gets a chance to play in the bumper on the power play with legitimate NHLers in the preseason, because I think he could absolutely crush it in that spot. And, oh yeah, uh, Bo Horvat doesn't play here anymore. It's going to be interesting to see how the Canucks fill the bumper spot on power play one. I don't think that Aiden McDonough is going to be that guy out of camp, but boy, you can start to drool thinking about him in the American Hockey League this year and in years to come. Uh, absolutely, that's a place where he could earn his paycheck. I thought Archie Baines looked good in the games that I saw. His hockey smarts are off the charts, and I know the organization loves that about him. I do think this guy's going to play NHL games. I don't know if it's going to happen this year, and if it doesn't, that's not a knock on Baines, who will likely see an elevated role in Abbotsford, but he could play himself into call-up consideration if he continues to grow his game. I like the goal that he scored on Sunday. He got to the net. He took a beating, but stuck with it and poked his own rebound home on a power play. The goal was good stuff, but really I was drawn to a lot of the other parts of Archdeep Baines' game. And the more you watch him, I think the more you appreciate that about him. He and Atu Ratu were terrific together through most of Sunday's game. Didn't think either of them were electric in Friday's opener, but both popped on Sunday. Ratu showed some real hockey smarts. His on-ice vision, 
couple of the passes he made, they were next level, at least at that level. And you can see on Sunday a lot of the things that make Ratu one of the top prospects in this organization. His skating probably has to improve to make the jump to the NHL on a full-time basis. Not the most fluid guy out there on the ice, but in a showcase event like this against his peers, his skating certainly didn't hold him back in any way. So it was good to see him get his game going on Sunday. Boy, I like Max Sasson's game on Friday. Not flashy, just always seemed to be in the right spots on the ice. There's some polish to his game. Probably needs a full year of pro to develop after turning professional out of college late last year. But this is a guy that I'm going to be following his progress in Abbotsford closely because I think Jeremy Colleton can help him. I think the Canucks player development department is going to continue to work with him. Strikes me as a guy that can bring some skill to a middle six role, can win face-offs, kill penalties. He's probably the kind of guy that Abby will use late in games to protect leads. So uh, I thought there was a fair bit to like in Max Sasson's game. Look, I'm not going to run through the entire roster from Penticton, but Akito Hirose and Cole McWard both had a lot of nice moments. Again, two guys that touched NHL ice late last season, so not a surprise that they stood out in Penticton. Still not sure exactly what McWard is going to look like as a finished product. He's still young for a D-man, just turned 22. As a right-shot guy, could become a valuable commodity in this organization, and we'll see what he looks like against better competition in Victoria. And then on to the NHL preseason. Hiroshi, I mean, he just looked ready for main camp. Had five points in three games in uh, at Young Stars. And he's going to be in that battle for the third spot on the left side of the Canucks defense. Now, despite being a former first-rounder and having three full seasons in the SHL under his belt, Philip Johansson looks like a guy that needs a full season in the American Hockey League. Yeah, he scored a big-time goal in the power play on Friday night, but it was in garbage time. I think it made it 6-1 to one in the third period. So don't want to get too excited over one big slap shot. There were parts of his defensive game that still need some fine-tuning on smaller North American ice. It was a good weekend for Nikita Tolopilo. Got two starts in goal and won both of them. Was not busy on Friday, but you've probably seen a clip of the best save that he made as he stretched out and went from post to post, left to right. Big-time stop when the game was still hanging in the balance. In fact, it was a 2-1 game at the time, and if that goes in, Calgary, and the Flames were just being outplayed badly, uh, but if they score there, they tie it up. Instead, Tulipilo makes that save, and the Canucks went back the other way and scored to stretch their lead to 3-1 to one and didn't look back from there. So, uh, good showing for Nikita Tulipilo. He's a big guy. He fills the net. Uh, saw him at Summer Development Camp out at UBC, and again this past weekend. I know Ian Clark and the Canucks are high on him, and I can see why. Now, two guys I wanted to see more of uh, this weekend, or at least more from this weekend, Danila Klimovic and Josh Bloom. It was good to see Klomovich score on Monday against Edmonton, but the two games I saw from him, underwhelmed. Where Aiden McDonough scored in all three of his games, Klomovich just didn't do a whole lot. His very first shift of the tournament came out flying. He was in on the forecheck, and I thought, all right, he gets it. He's going to be one of the best guys uh, on this team. He's going to try and set the tone. And so, you know, I'll give him credit for that, but really there wasn't a whole lot more to his game. He had a uh, sequence in overtime on Sunday against Winnipeg where uh, he had a couple of chances and then uh, hustled back on the on the back check. But, you know, you, you get out of a weekend like this one and you, you, you that can't be the highlight for a guy like Danilo Klamovich. Say, so oh, a back check, great. I mean, yeah, that has to be there in his game, but I just wanted to see uh, a whole lot more. And then he had the shootout attempt on Sunday. and It was a disaster. Uh, fumbled the puck, never got a shot away. Again, I don't want to be too hard on him. I just I wanted to see a little more involvement and more of a bottom line. And for Josh Bloom, uh, I thought it was a mediocre weekend. 
Again, he wasn't terrible. Just on an evaluation scale, there were many, and most of them older and more experienced than he is, that stood out. Bloom has just turned pro and is likely going to have to find his way in Abbotsford this season. Uh, I certainly enjoyed my three days in Penticton. Like, it really is an outstanding event. I tweeted this out that, you know, if you haven't had the chance, put it on your list. Like, September, shoulder season in the South Okanagan. It's an easy drive. Hospitality was incredible. Uh, The event organizers do such a nice job there. And it was fun. I got stopped at the rink by fans and rink-wide listeners, and uh, it was great to catch up with a lot of them as well. So uh, thanks to everybody that uh, pulled me aside and said, Hey, J-Pat, we appreciate the support. And I just want one other thing here. Um, I I pumped out a quick video of this on Sunday before puck drop. If you haven't had the chance to visit the BC Hockey Hall of Fame, again, do yourself a favor if you're in Penticton, they have a wing set up in the South Okanagan Event Center. So it's right there, the home of the Penticton Vs, uh, the home for this Young Stars, and this long corridor that has become the BC Hockey Hall of Fame. And they've got all kinds of jerseys and memorabilia. It's so well done. So many deserving inductees with their rightful spots in the hall. So check that out if you ever get the chance. Guys at Applewood Auto Group are Hall of Famers in my mind. They're the official auto partner of Rinkwide Vancouver, and Applewood Auto Group stands behind its mission of creating lasting change in our community. If you're in the market for a new or pre-owned vehicle, start your search at Applewood. Get the best in-class experience only the Applewood Auto Group can deliver because it's all good at Applewood. In a moment, I'm going to catch up with veteran Matt Irwin coming to Canucks camp to make the team that he grew up watching. This is Rinkwide Vancouver. The BC Lions are back in the playoffs and hosting the Calgary Stampeders on Saturday, November 4th at BC Place, kickoff at 3.30 p.m. Looking forward to this one, playoff football, BC Place, the Lions and that offense with Vernon Adams at the controls and all of those weapons he has in his receiving core. And you just think about the atmosphere in that building with the fans behind them, the dome will be rocking, should be a ton of fun. Tickets on sale now at bclions.com and check this out. They start at just 30 bucks. And kids 17 and under can get in for 15. So bring the noise, fill the dome. Applewood Auto Group is celebrating 25 years of business, making the car business and our communities better. Applewood offers the best in-class experience, whether you're looking for a car, service, or to join our team. Come find out why it's all good at Applewood. Visit us online at applewood.ca today. You're listening to Rinkwide Vancouver as the Canucks get ready for training camp starting Thursday in Victoria. Have the unofficial kickoff to the hockey season on Monday with the annual Jake Milford Golf Tournament out at Northview. Looked like uh, the weatherman cooperated for that one, so uh, get the Jake out of the way, on to physicals, going to meet with the media, and then make their way over to the island with the first on-ice sessions at the Save on Foods Memorial Center slated for Thursday morning. Now, training camp's going to be a full circle moment for Matt Irwin. He was born in Victoria. He played three seasons for Nanaimo in the BC Hockey League, so he's an island guy through and through. He has logged 461 NHL games for San Jose, Nashville, Boston, Anaheim, Buffalo, and spent the last two seasons with the Washington Capitals. He played 61 games last year. So, you know, this wasn't a guy that was up and down for the minors or in and out of the lineup. He played 61 games for the Capitals. He's 35, he's going to be 36 at the end of November, and he'll be the first to tell you that he's not flashy, just a solid veteran defender who's living out his dream by signing with the Canucks, 
But starting Thursday, he's out to put his best foot forward in an effort to make the hockey club. <laughs> it's always been the dream, right? Um, obviously, you, you, the dream is to make the NHL. The dream was to play for the Vancouver Canucks. That was always the the, the dream for me uh, growing up. Um, diehard fan. Remember the 94 run. Remember all like the stages of the players that came through the, the organization. Um, but yeah, I mean, when the opportunity came up, you, you just couldn't say no and um, obviously super excited at, at this point in my career to have the opportunity to play close to home, um, you know, be a part of this organization that, uh, you know, I fell in love with when I was a kid. Was return trips to Vancouver, like when the schedule came out, wherever you were playing, was that still a big deal to sort of circle on the calendar? Yeah, absolutely. It's one of those first things you, you look at when the, the calendar comes out. And, um, you know, I've been lucky enough to play a few years in the West in San Jose and obviously in Nashville. Um, so you get more than one opportunity, but the last couple of years, um, with, uh, you know, Washington, you get that one time. So you circle that one for sure. Um, my year in Buffalo, we didn't, we didn't come out, obviously it was a COVID year. So, um, those are the, those are the dates you circle and, and you, you get excited about, and you know, you wish you, you could have a couple more each, each, uh, each year, but, um, this year, hopefully that that's different and obviously get some games. I'm guessing you didn't know when you signed the contract, but for a Vancouver Island guy to join the Canucks in training camp in Victoria, I mean, the story just kind of keeps getting better here for you. Yeah, I had no idea, to be honest. Um, you know, I signed and I told my family um, where I was going, and then I think maybe a few few hours later, my dad texted me saying that uh, training camp is in Victoria, so obviously that's a perk, and um, it'll be exciting. I know, I know the city's exciting. I know the surrounding areas. The whole island itself is excited to have the opportunity to have you know, the Canucks and the players come into town and, you know, put in the work and, and show the fans, you know, you know, what we're capable of doing and as a group and, um, you know, for the kids to just come and, and see how, you know, NHL hockey players go about their, their, their craft and their day to day. And, um, you know, to watch a game is one thing, but when you get to be up close on the glass or near the bench or, you know, ice level to see, you know, the Quinn Hughes the Brock Bessers, the you know, you know, PDs of the world do, do their thing and own their craft. Um, you know, that's something those kids will remember for, for a lifetime. What about the opportunity here and where you are at the stage of your career? I mean, you played 60 plus games in Washington last year, so almost a full season still in the National Hockey League. I mean, you're coming in here, I assume, to, to sort of let people know who you are and what you're capable of and, and try and earn a spot. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's kind of been my, uh, my whole goal every year for training camp uh, you know from from day one my first year you know what is it 11 years ago or 12 years ago it's to make the team and then it's been that mindset uh, pretty well my whole career ever since um you know i've never had any you know lengthy contract uh, two years max um you know i've never had uh you know really that security of uh, a large contract where that can't be moved around um so for me it's always been the mindset to go in make a statement uh, play my game um, you know, let the organization know what, what I'm capable of doing. Play simple, smart, hard. Um, be an honest player. Be a good teammate. And, you know, everything else kind of takes care of itself. The hockey community is relatively small. Are you familiar with guys in this group? Have you played with anybody? It's funny because I, I thought about that as soon as I signed. You know, this is my seventh organization. And I, I go down the roster and I don't, I hadn't met one person. And it's been like that everywhere I've been. I, you know, I, don't, I haven't known a single person on you know, first day stepping in. Um, I, I played, I think I said before, with Phil um, for maybe a few games in Nashville. Um, we picked him up 
Um, but other than that, uh, no. And I met uh, Mizey at a wedding this summer, and and that was it. So uh, it's it's been it's been the norm for me to come in and you know get to know the guys, and you know that's a fun thing. Is you know it's always nice to know somebody, but at the same time we're all the same players, we're all cut from the same cloth, and typically the same uh, you know handle ourselves the same way so it's super easy to come into an organization and this group of guys are no different and i imagine that that's sort of the benefit for a new guy these types of skates just to get around the guys on a daily basis yeah exactly you go out there you work hard you have fun um you get in these scrimmages a little compete um it's been a good two weeks um since we've all pretty well been here uh you know pushing each other getting ready for camp i think it was a good idea by the leadership group to get everyone out here um, you know, instead of just coming in maybe a day or two before, even a week before, um, to get in here, get the feel, get the lay of the land, especially for a new guy like myself, get to know the staff, um, everything. It just it, it makes going into training camp that much more smoother and the transition easier. And what do you expect? What's the word uh, in terms of a, a talk at camp? I mean, I'm sure you remember him as a as a player. Um, and I mean, it sounds like he kind of coaches that same way. That you know, I mean, that's the way he's wired. Do you yeah. expect a pretty tough camp? I, I, yeah, I, I expect every camp to be tough and i'm sure this this is going to be tough too um you know i expect he expects hard work uh, like i said hard work honesty um kind of leave it all on the ice and uh you know that that's a good thing because that, that prepares the team for game one and uh you got to get off on the right foot and you can't be chasing the whole season and so um you know that that starts day one of camp and it, you know obviously has already started uh with guys showing up early and and committed to that so uh i look forward to the training camp so it's so it's, it's never easy um but uh you know that's what that's what we're here for and that's our job uh work hard uh, make the team and the organization better. Don't sleep on Matt Irwin in the battle for one of the depth spots on the left side of the Canucks defense. He's going to be in tough with Christian Wolanin, Akito Hirose, Jack Rathbone, Guillaume Brisebois all coming to camp with visions of earning that spot on the opening night roster. But Irwin is big, and we know Rick Tockett likes guys that can win their board battles. 6'2", 205 pounds. He has more big league experience than all of those guys combined. In fact, he's got more playoff experience than all of those guys combined that I talked about have played in you know NHL games. Uh, he, he went to the Stanley Cup final with the National Predators. He played uh, I think twenty two games that playoff year. So uh, you know, it, it, solid experience, and we'll see if that matters as camp begins and the Canucks move into the preseason. I certainly will not be surprised if Irwin plays games for the Vancouver Canucks this season. But uh, enjoyed the chat with him, and hopefully you did as well. You are listening to Rinkwide Vancouver. The BC Lions are back in the playoffs and hosting the Calgary Stampeders on Saturday, November 4th at BC Place, kickoff at 3.30 p.m. Looking forward to this one, playoff football, BC Place, the Lions and that offense with Vernon Adams at the controls and all of those weapons he has in his receiving core. And you just think about the atmosphere in that building with the fans behind them, the dome will be rocking, should be a ton of fun. Tickets on sale now at bclions.com and check this out. They start at just 30 bucks. And kids 17 and under can get in for 15. So bring the noise, fill the dome. Rick Wide Vancouver is brought to you by AG1. For a free one year supply of vitamin D and five travel packs with your first purchase, go to drinkag1.com slash rinkwide Vancouver. With the new NHL season about to start, Bodog has put together a few NHL specials that you might want to check out. Bodog has set the line for the longest win streak in the NHL this season at 12 and a half. Do you think there's a team out there that's going to win more than 12 straight games? The Vancouver Canucks, perhaps? Have you 
looked at the schedule, tried to find a chance or place on the schedule where the Canucks could rattle off a dozen or more victories. All right, maybe it's not the Canucks, but uh, that is the Bodog line at 12 and a half. Uh, over or under. Bodog also setting the line for the longest point streak in the league this season by a team. We're talking team here, not individuals. Uh, longest team point streak at 17 and a half. The other end of the spectrum, Bodog asking about the longest losing streak in the league this coming season. There are certainly some bad teams out there. Bodog setting the line at 12 and a half consecutive losses. Are you going over or under that one? Still have a couple of weeks before the season starts to to, you know, there's time to think about some of those Bodog lines. Check them out. I, I know this is a Canucks podcast, but I want to take a moment to mention that the Vancouver Giants open their Western Hockey League season on Friday, September 22nd, and they do it against Victoria. Now, the Royals have given up their building for the Canucks in training camp, so they'll come to the mainland and face off against the Giants out at Langley Event Center. Lots of Canuck fans are also fans of the Giants, so good luck to Manny Viveros, uh, the new head coach of the G-Men and his hockey club as they embark on a new Western Hockey League season. That is going to do it for this edition of Rink-Wide Vancouver. My thanks to Trevor Martins for his technical assistance behind the scenes. Thanks, as always, to Bodog, Canada's choice for casino games, poker tips, and sports odds. A reminder, Rink-Wide Vancouver is going to be over in Victoria at training camp, so we certainly will check in. We'll have uh, at least one new podcast uh, from the island, if not uh, more than that. Uh, but uh, we'll play it by ear, but certainly we'll have it covered uh, social spaces. Uh, make sure that you follow uh, me on Twitter or whatever we're calling it, and uh, uh, Instagram as well. We'll try to pump out some video of the Canucks getting to work, getting after it as uh, they start into the 2023 24 hockey season. But that's going to do it for this episode of Rinkwide. My name is Jeff Patterson. As always, thanks so much for listening to Rinkwide Vancouver.